Welcome to the grind. Today I have an amazing uh, guest, Mr. Martin McNair. How are you today, Mr. Martin? Hey, Coach D. Thanks for the invite to uh, Hustle and Grind. Hot and Hustle. Hot but and this, hustle. but Hot and Hustle is the actual company, but the grind is my podcast show. Got it. Yeah, Got it. yeah. So. You know, Mr. Mon, you have a, a couple titles, a father, a leader. You know, you have your, your own, you, you deal with mental health in adults. Yep. Um, dang, global icon at this point in time. You know, you've been real modest about it, but, you know, you, 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 speak, you speak to a lot of kids. You know, just tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, yeah, well, hey, you know, I'm Marty McMahon. I, um... um was always an advocate. I'm from Baltimore City, um, only child. Uh, grew up in a in the '80s, and uh, basically, where the rights of passage in the manhood was so distorted, and a lot of us didn't have. We came from single family homes, and we didn't have that father figure. So a lot of our information came from each other, and all of the information that we had to get to the next level of adulthood, adolescenthood, teenage, um, all these different things were all wrong. Yeah. And a lot of it was strictly trial and error until, you know, you get it right or wanna luckily for me, you know, I got a child of my own to, you know, enjoy it and to show them what not to do versus, you know, through my experiences. Good. So, you know, you I, I see you play a lot of golf. Mm-hmm. Um so combination, like how did that become about golf and football? Um, well, clearly I had a son to play football. And um, when you're a football parent, clearly, you know, if you're an involved football parent, you you, you become a student of the game. Uh-huh. If not a student of the game, a student of whatever position your child plays. Uh-huh. And um, I started playing golf a little uh, a little later in life, probably in my maybe late 40s. However, what I realized was the, the uh, networking. And also, golf is just one of those type of games. It looks a lot easier on TV than it actually is. So <laughs> it's hard. It does. It I teaches ain't lying. You it's patience. hard. Yeah. Uh, it teaches you patience. And, and what it does is also it, it, it teaches you what you need to learn is muscle memory, how to stay calm, all these different things. Because, hey, each hole is different. So you're saying that's the yoga of sports, pretty much. So, yeah. Yeah, pretty much. Right. And, and the thing is, when you're playing golf, you know, you're only playing against the, yourself and the the um, the the course that you're playing with. You're oh playing, wow! You're not playing. It depends. If you're playing against somebody else, but it's it's so challenging not to beat yourself. Yeah. Right. And so you, you have to play with yourself and, and learn really really good muscle memory and patience. Yeah. And also that it's not a game of strength, but it's a game of intelligence. So it's like a chess game, pretty much. Man. So you have the 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 Jordan McNair Foundation. Um, you know, a tragic situation, you know, with your son mm-hmm. or whatever um, that has brought you to this point. Mm-hmm. Um, so speak a little bit about the foundation and as well as the, the Jordan McNair f- a facility, training yeah. facility. So what happened, um, clearly everybody knows, you know, um, unless you're on the moon under a rock uh, in the sports world, uh, what happened to Jordan? Um, Jordan died as a result of the heat stroke they had on the first day of practice. He wasn't the first one. However, he was 30 to 30 plus because since 2003, we've lost 30-plus players at the NCAA level, mm-hmm. usually on the first or the first week of practice. And <clears throat> so one of the things was while Jordan was fighting for his life in the hospital as a result of an injury that we didn't know about at the particular time, 
um, which we had to get a crash course medically in uh, liver, kidneys, all the, the vital organs that can be affected by a heat stroke. Um, we didn't really know what a heat stroke was, his mother and I, Tanya, and we just had to educate ourselves. And you just automatically assume as a parent, you know, a little heat stroke means you've been out in the sun too long and you should just come in and if you're getting some shade and drink some water, everything will be fine. Um, unfortunately, that's not the case. So majority expired is a is a due to complications of heat stroke. Um, it was so many questions that we didn't ask ourselves why we why he was in the hospital fighting for his life for two weeks. And it was like we didn't ask this, we didn't ask this, and we just felt as though we should have been so much prepared and we should have prepared him that we never wanted another family to feel what we felt mm -hmm. at that particular time. And it was like you know what, let's advocate at this point for heat related injuries. Um, Let's try to seek to diminish the uh, player deaths as a result of this injury. Mm -hmm. um, and the one thing that was missing that particular day on the field in those 30-plus times was what we call a cold water tub. Mm -hmm. Something as simplistic as a cold water tub. Um, and what a cold water tub does, once you go into a heat stroke, what we educate people on, once you go into a heat stroke or a heat exhaustion, your body temperature, your cold body temperature raises above 104 degrees. And why I said 104 degrees or higher, that's the equivalent of your body being in a microwave oven. Your organs start to cook. Oh, wow. Your liver, your kidneys, your lungs, all these can be heart, brain damage. So a lot of bad things happen as a result of it. And one of the things is that we didn't know these things, but what we knew was what we learned or what we promote from a foundation perspective is we educate people on how to use cold water tubs and the signs and symptoms of a heat stroke. Right. Because it don't have to be a... A uh, hundred plus heat day. It could be an eighty-five a humid day. Right. You could be playing on turf. It could be so many different factors. However, the one consistent factor to prevent it is always had that cold water tub on the field. Mm -hmm. And once a person's in the cold water tub, you got like maybe a fifteen to twenty-minute window to act after the signs and symptoms are acknowledged uh, to put that person in the cold water tub and let their body temperature come down like one degree for every three minutes, uh, depending on the size. If it's a well, it means that's important though. Exactly. Yeah. So, and if it's a bigger uh, lineman like Jordan was, it could be five minutes before as the temperature came down one degree. So mm -hmm. it's like one degree for three minutes for smaller guys, for your bigs or your larger players, it could be five minutes for one degree. So these are just the basics of uh, what we didn't know and what we promote with the foundation. Man, so the cold water tub, uh -huh. you know, did you, at first I thought you, you know, I was like, wow, these guys invented the, right? you know, a, the cold water tub. Yeah. But, you know, realistically thinking about it, like how important do you feel like every program should have, you know, at least this in a part of their program, like that, like that cold water tub is, is it plays a huge part sure, in the word we, we've been using for prevention. today, prevention. Yeah, you know, so how important and how the urgency, how how, how do you think that the, the, the program should get on top of this? Like well, how fast? Every program that has a um, any type of outside sports, it just don't have to be football. Yeah. You know, I can give you stats from track and field, baseball, soccer, mm. lacrosse, field hockey, um, any outside sport yeah. that should have a cold water tub. Yeah. Right? And, 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 I, and I emphasize that because – Whenever a person is outside and your body temperature goes above, it mm -hmm. don't matter as long as you're just out there exerting yourself, mm -hmm. no matter all the sports that I just mentioned, you should always have in some type of prevention. You should always have a cold water tub and you should always have some, your program, your child sports program should have a cold water tub 
and they should also have what we access to an AD, which mm-hmm. is an automatic external defibrillator machine. Mm-hmm. Because in the event of these are the things that something as simplistic as a cold water tub can make a big difference. But you know what? My my nephew played um a, a football. Mm-hmm. You know, he's on the little league side. Mm-hmm. And one thing I noticed that they don't have on the fields, a lot of the fields are, you know, people that are trained, you know, athletic trainers out there on the field to be able to, you know, kind of service for any issue that kids can have. Mm-hmm. You know, they, the parents are always running around and, you know, um, they have ice packs and the coolers and things like that. But, you know, something that's small, something that, that, that might look that small, and we just saying put an ice pack on it, but it could very well be, you know, something bigger. Correct. Um, and, again, for all, all of your listeners, uh, the, the, the function or the value of a athletic trainer, a certified athletic trainer affiliated with any program, whether they had practice if you if your child sports um, program has an athletic trainer that's at practice great but they should always have one that at least can be at a game so the same way most coaches especially at the AAU level they'll go around and and get donations from the parents to pay for the referee you can go ahead and get a per diem athletic trainer as well and therefore our athletic trainer should be at every sporting event no yeah. matter what it is because a lot of times it's just not a matter of what will happen but when it'll happen yeah and you always want to be prepared so i think that if any parents are listening you should always advocate your child sports team to play to invest in an athletic trainer if not keep in mind you can give them per diem same way you pay for a referee you can pay for an athletic trainer so if referee is officiating the game that athletic trainer will be there and the chances of your child being safer Will make a big difference. Yeah, that makes sense. So get on the facility, the uh, Jordan Manier facility. What 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 brought that about? Um, so what happened? Um, um, my business partner and I, um, uh, his wife has a a uh, uh, organization called Breaking Chains, and what they do, they do a lot of community um, outreach okay. in regards to nutrition. Uh, I believe Karima was a uh, school teacher. I mean, a school principal. So she always came more from an educational. Um, perspective where they could do the great, I mean, do that, um, their studies, um, less deserving children. Um, they can get nutrition, nutrition habits, things like, yeah, the meal. So our facility, one of our facilities, we attached Jordan's name to it as okay. well. So that's how it became the Jordan McNair Breaking Chains um, Athletic Facility. And basically it's a training facility for inner city kids in Baltimore City. Yeah, but don't, you know, don't, I, I was hoping that you was going to mention that, you know, you guys gave out what? 12 scholarships? Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. so what, what we did was... I mean, that's um, big. Yeah, I mean, you know. the main thing is, you know, all of our supporters that uh, have, you know, kind of supported the Jordan McNair Foundation, I mean, since Jordan's passing, literally, you know, we've always played it forward or paid it forward or played it forward in regards to, um, you know, don't get me wrong, we ain't giving no thousands of dollars out. However, every little bit helps. Yeah, whether we buy books, you know, something. pay some, some lunch, some, yeah, you know, the college something. kids that we've given scholarships to, um, you know, hey, if they got a couple of dollars in their pocket, you know, to buy some dinner or something like that, at least the money went to a yeah. good use. Yeah. So your your, your Jordan McNair uh, golf tournament. Yeah. You know, speak a little bit about that. You just had um, your, well, last year you had your first. We had our inaugural uh, Jordan McNair first classic. golf classic. Mm-hmm. Um, that was a success. Yeah. Um, the mission is to, uh, the mission of our foundation really is to promote awareness, education, and I'm sorry, awareness, education, and prevention of all heat-related injuries, as well as to diminish the 
deaths and uh, injuries of student athletes. Okay. So our main focus is to keep everybody safe. Last year, uh, we had a great turnout. I think we, yeah, we, we did extremely well. Uh, we having our second one this year. Um, we advise a lot. We're inviting a lot of non-golfers that wanted to pick the game up because we'll have a uh, uh, golf two. I mean, I'm saying uh, golf instructors there, a golf clinic. So we're having a golf tournament uh, May 29th, 2020 at the Turf Valley Golf Club and Resort in Ellicott City, Maryland. May 29th. Shotgun start at 7.30. You can go to jordanmcnairfoundation.org and register um, for a foursome. Um, they're discounted until June 1st. Uh, we encourage sponsors. We always need sponsors to um, help us, you know, support this mission and help us, you know, show folks a good time. Yeah, yeah I'm telling you. Like, we're out here now, and it's uh, like, like it is a beautiful out here. Yeah, yeah, You know, yeah, like yeah. I was telling you, I can only imagine once the, the, the grass get green, it's just... It's, it's going to be beautiful. Well, you see people out there playing now. But, Coach D, you know, one of the things, since we're talking about Jordan McNair, um, um, second golf classic, however, this is our second year for the Jordan McNair um, Health and Wellness Sports Clinic hmm. at the McDonough School. So okay. June 13th, 2019, June 13th, 2018 is when Jordan passed. Hmm. So what better way to honor Jordan on the day he passed than doing our first clinic last nah. year? So we're doing our second clinic this year. Um, University of Maryland, his teammates came down and uh, kids wound up um, working out, doing drills with some of their favorite college players, some of their favorite high school players, Jordan's teammates at um, University, I mean, the Terp, with the Terps, Maryland Terps, and uh, his high school teammates. Okay. So a lot of guys, a lot of guys have gone on to um, at the professional level. Yeah, yeah. So hopefully we'll see them there this year. Um, but one of the main things that we did was that was our first session where the student athletes went and played with the biggest student athletes and all of the parents and coaches. We took them and started educating them on the signs and symptoms and prevention of heat stroke, how to use a cold water tub and good. so on. So that's where our first training session really started. It's taken off since then. Good. So, so that'll be, you can go back to our um, website, jordanmcnagfoundation.org, and you can register. It's free. Yeah. Um, the ages for the sports clinic, uh, health and wellness sports clinic, uh, ages eight to fourteen. Good. We encourage everybody, please come. Um, no matter if you're coming in the DMV, please bring your child. They eight to fourteen. Guess what? It'll be a fun day for all. A lot of education, and guess what? We'll uh, continue to promote the mission that we have foundation wise. Good. So you know, I, I'm. This is my last uh, really quite a question on you know your son uh, uh, situation, but on your on on the Jordan McNair Foundation website. Um, it has a tab there that says "Through Jordan's Eyes." I mean, <clears throat> Jordan's journey. Yeah. So, Jordan's Jordan's journey vision looks like what through his through through his eyes as a, as your as his father. Like what does? Well, as as a father, I always thought that Jordan would be protecting um, some million dollar quarterback on Sunday. Mm -hmm. And when you think as your as your child, you know your child is special. And I knew Jordan had the ability and the, the, um, <coughs> the discipline to get to the next level. Mm -hmm. And it was tangible once he got to college because, you know, a lot of his teammates and stuff like that, I had no idea that Jordan's name would be a household name and his mission was what his mission was in a sense. So to me, you know, we've had a lot of talk. We would have talks about getting to the next level. Uh, however, you had to get your degree first and, you know, what it looked like realistically, mm -hmm. not for long. Yeah. And, you know, what he'd have to he'd have to save his money. <laughs> he'd have to save his money because, you know, I always told him, you know, you'll be done by the time you're 30. Yeah. 
So, you know, if you don't have an education or a foundation educationally, you know, what type of career can we go into where, you know, and not smart with your money. Yeah. You know, these are the things. You got more life to live at that point. And those real conversations. Real conversations. Yeah. Yep. So on the softer side, mm -hmm. um, this the last year, 2019, mm -hmm. you went to Ghana. So yeah. was that was that for business or was it just, you know, combination of both? Uh, no, 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 no. Uh, that was my first time to Africa. I travel a lot. Okay. And uh, I had this one buddy of mine, a good friend of mine from New Jersey, and I've been trying to get him to travel with me. I usually went to Europe with a couple of buddies every year. Okay. And um, he had child support issues, right? So anyway, he got those squared away, and I didn't go to Europe that year. He was saying, look, why don't we go to Africa? You want to go to Africa? And uh, I'm like, uh, yeah, you know, let's go. We wanted one with a group. Um, Africa was the, Ghana specifically, was the most um rewarding, um, life-changing adventure I've ever been blessed to, to go. go. Literally, it, it, and my life wasn't better when I saw the Mona Lisa, or my life wasn't better when I saw the uh, Lena Tower of Pisa, or my life wasn't any better after I went into the Vatican, the Roman Vatican, the Vatican Museum. Mm. My life was better when I left that slave castle at the Almena slave castle mm. and saw what our ancestors as African-Americans or Africans went through to get here. Yeah. And literally, if you see anybody's YouTube videos, just, just notice how they're crying. Yeah. Because those ancestors, when you're down in those dungeons, their spirits just speak to you and you just can't, I mean, the average person with any emotions can't do anything but cry seeing what we went through as a result of slavery, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those uh, pictures were beautiful, though. Yeah, thank you. You know, thank you. That, that was a uh, that was uh, if I never went anywhere out of the country again, I think that you know that kind of topic. I encourage anybody if you can, please go to Ghana. Yeah. Um, and 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 visit the slave castle because it will change your vision on life and your mission and your purpose on what it is that you're doing. Yeah. yeah. So actually, you know, you well, I would say not started out, but you technically are a mental health um, illness for adults advocate. Yeah. You know, speak a little bit about that because I know you you have speaking engagements with with kids and youth about you know in sports about uh, you know heat stroke preventions. Sure. You know, just sure, sure. Pre preventing uh, just situations in in sports, but right. you also speak to adults about mental health. So yeah. speak a little um, bit about that. So I have a, uh, uh, um, I'm a co-founder of a, a behavioral health program in Baltimore City. Actually, it's a residential behavioral health program in Baltimore City. Uh, Me Casa is Casa Behavioral Health Program. And we started out, my partner and I, uh, uh, many years ago, and we just wanted to help some homeless men. And one of the things that we consistently saw was everybody that came to our program, our residential program, all suffered from the same things. Mm -hmm mental health, behavioral health, substance abuse. Mm. And one of the things that we did was after we consistently tried to outsource their, any type of help for them to other programs, um, after a while, you know, they needed what we did, what we had and we kind of needed what they had where they had the services, but we had the housing. Yeah. So housing kind of, housing kind of ensured, um, uh, the term I'm looking for is, um, uh, retention. Okay. So housing kind of ensured retention. So after we kind of put our brains, our minds together, and it was like, you know what? We can do this ourselves. And we've kind of, um, everybody that came to our program, homeless males, um, we've done pilot projects with lifers that we're getting out of uh, um, uh, 
Division of Correction after doing three to five decades. Yeah. That was an interesting know, project. Yeah, yeah. Lee. And it all How was out. that? Uh, a lot of Rip Van Winkles. Yeah. You know, just imagine being gone for 30, yeah. 30 a minimum of 40 to 51 years. Yeah. And um, coming home to a Bluetooth. Yeah. Coming home to, you know, an iPhone and all these different things. So yeah. that was extremely, it, it was somewhat challenging. But the main thing is, you know, one of the three things, um, Coach, that uh, any any adult, whenever they're reentering into society, it's three things that should be in place. Housing, mental health support, and substance abuse support, because mm-hmm. they all kind of go hand in hand. Okay. Um, the thing with how with the average adult, first of all, if you know where you're living at, or you don't know where you're living at, that's stress already. Yeah. The average person thinks that work is the panacea for a good life. Unfortunately, it's not because if you don't have a good mental a mental health uh, foundation, or you don't know your, if you aren't handling your mental health challenges, i.e., substance abuse usually comes from somebody self medicating themselves. Yeah. I feel this way, so therefore, when I do this, I don't feel that way or that takes my mind. But in reality, you self medicating. Yeah. So yeah, I understand the whole mental health component extremely well. Um, even with kids, we do as well. So um, it, it's just a process that it's not something that should be kind of negated or overlooked lightly, especially when it comes to young people, because these are the same environments these adults come out of that these young people come out of. Yeah, yeah. You know, and guess what? You know, young people's mindset are we a young person internalizes things completely different than somebody an adult eyes. Yeah. And once you got in the habit of consistently internalizing things for so long, it just kind of goes into a whole nother direction. Yeah, it does. Yeah. So, you know, I always like to, to, to give you most of my um, guests um, just a taste of what Heart and Hustle is. Um, like I was saying to you, I, I started the company to help with the mental health, illness, and athletics. Mm-hmm. And, you know, through, through the mind, body, and soul, you know, help coaches and um, athletes as well as parents. So uh, I guess my question is, how has stress um, in sports um, caused so many breaks and in, in, in hard barriers for for the athletic community? The athlete? Yeah, to break to, like, yeah. literally, like, the break, the, like, breaking athletes and breaking communities, period. Like, sure. you know, a lot of times they don't really talk about the you know, the, the stress or the anxiety or, you know, the substance abuse that goes on, like you just said, in 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 so many different people Correct. from adults to um the youth. Yep. You know, yep. so on a on a athlete's point on an athlete in the athlete's point of view, you know, how do you how do you think stress is actually making um is tearing down the athlete the athlete itself? Got it. Well, keep this in mind, you know, Coach, we live in a world nowadays of one-liners, right? We ask our kids, hey, how was your day? Good. Hey, how was school? Good. How was this? Okay. So if we're not definitive in our questioning to say, hey, what was what was the best part about your day, mm-hmm. right? So if we don't ask specifically those questions, we're only going to get one-liners. Yeah. That's just the world we live in right now, especially when it comes to young people. So as you and I mentioned earlier, you know, young people have a – um, um, a, a, a three-tier hierarchy sometimes because as soon as we grow up, we all want to emulate someone. Yeah. And sometimes we may listen to our parents along the way and then we're going to get to that level of society where we're trying to fit in. Mm-hmm. And it's the cool kids, it's the leaders, and guess what? Those of us that fall in the middle could go in either way. Yeah. We may think what's cool today, those are the ones we want to fit in. 
fit in with and the ones that the leaders, if those of us that may have, you know, the visionaries and depending on what was, was taught at home, clearly they'll make better decisions in following people that are more successful than the ones that are the cool kids in a sense. Yeah. Most of the time, what I usually tell kids is try to, excuse me, not try to fit in, but fit in with everybody. That way you ain't got to hang out, be friends with everybody. That way you ain't got to fit in with nobody. Yeah, yeah. You know, and that, especially at the high school level, and just have a level of acceptance for people as who they are. And that way you don't have to focus on trying to fit in. We don't understand at times the, um, the mental health of a student athlete. Let's just look at the average college player or average high school player. I want to play sports. I want to keep good grades. And I'm trying to be cool too. Mm -hmm. Them three don't go together. <laughs> they just <laughs> they don't. don't. It, it, it ain't going to happen. Something, something's going That's kind of like I said earlier with reentering citizens. Even you, you, you can't have housing and mental health support. You're going to have to have housing, mental health, and substance abuse. Support. Yeah. So when it comes to a young person, keep this in mind, you know, they're trying to fit in. They're trying to find their way. They're trying to find their identity. Mm -hmm. And guess what? I'm still trying to keep good grades and I'm still trying to do this. And guess what? Sometimes I get a little anxiety about this, but I ain't going to let nobody know because that's one thing for yeah. them to ostracize me. Yeah. So these are things that's relevant to young people, same way at the college level. So one of the things that, you know, I talk about is that, we have to teach our young people to embrace whatever challenges that they had. First of all, let's acknowledge them, uh -huh. right? Yeah. Nowadays, let's acknowledge if, if something doesn't seem right, let's acknowledge that. And let's ask better questions about children and our student athletes. Yeah. Let's be a little bit more definitive in our questioning. And guess what? If something doesn't seem right or they have a challenge with something, let's get in front of it and let's get them some help. And let's help them or encourage that stu our stu student athletes and children to embrace whatever's going on. Mm -hmm. So that way, by them embracing it, it won't seem like something like a mark or a scar or something like that that they feel they got to deal with. Yeah, that's hey, that's pretty dope. Straight yeah. to straight to the point. I think as a, I mean as a like as adults, we don't ask the right questions. We don't at all. So that so that the, <laughs> yeah, so so so, that. so 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 here we go with 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 question asking okay. as adults, yeah. right? Recruiting process. Yeah. You know, as a parent. What are some of the things that you you could have asked or did ask within your recruiting process? Because ideally, yes, your son was being recruited, uh -huh. but you were also being recruited too. Yeah. Okay. So um, what what are some of the honest, questions that I you asked two questions? I'm just like every parent. I was just like every parent in America. And those two, two, two those two questions were: Can my son get a job? Can my son play? And most of the times when our sons and our daughters and sons aren't, or our student athletes aren't playing, our next question is, why aren't they playing? Mm -hmm. Why'd you set my kid down? Why'd you pull him off the bench? Why'd you put him on the bench? Those are the only two things that we ask of coaches at all levels, no matter what age, AAU, youth, AAU, high school, the whole nine. So what could have you done differently? Or what should, if you could give a parent some advice right now on the show, like what? What? what name, name some questions that they should be asking and should be paying attention to, and not necessarily the the playing part. Correct. So, um, all parents, and I'm, I, I would, I hope everybody that's listening pays attention to this. We have to ask questions regarding the safety of our children. So, the average uh, coach D, the average emergency action plan is only a three minute plan. Guess what? Questions in the event my child get hurt, my child gets hurt. Who will take him to that? What's the closest hospital? What's the closest fire department? What's the closest police station? Mm -hmm. Who's going to ride in the ambulance with my son, with my child? Who's going to call me 
if I'm not available, uh -huh. right? So in the event of who's going to do this, do you have a cold water tub that you practice with on practice, on the field? Do you have an athletic trainer? These are questions that you should ask. And guess what? What type of trainings does your coach and staff have? What type of trainings does your mom have? What type of trainings does your other coaches have to keep my child safe in the event of something happening? We deal with sports. We deal with children. Of course, something's going to happen. And therefore, parents, if a, a coach can't answer any of these questions, this is no organization that your child needs to play for. Yeah. That's a straight to the point. Straight to the point. <laughs> and and, and, and these, these are the realities because we always ask two questions. Yeah. I asked more than two questions. Jordan was being recruited at the college level. I asked about, is he going to get a job? Right? And I asked about mental health and substance abuse because that was my... Mm -hmm field of expertise yeah although that was my source of information my peter's principle didn't go beyond that but in reality if a, if a student athlete plays for any program and you question a coach a team mom or coach if they can't answer your questions in full or to your level of comfort that's not the program your child should be playing for so to this question i mean that that is straight 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 to the point so 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 this to 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 the to to for so for this next question right what's next what's next because i'm i'm hoping that you you share the amazing i'm gonna just throw it out there the book because i feel like because i feel like you're gonna yeah, yeah, i feel yeah. like you wasn't gonna say it yeah so i just yeah i was trying to be mindful of the time um yeah. Okay, working, well, I get I'm, it. I'm working on a book. Um, um, the title, uh, still so working just, on the title of it. Yeah, so just don't, okay. <laughs> don't talk about it. Okay. I'm let, just. Let me, let me drop a spin. Okay, down. okay, okay. Uh, so basically, what, what the book is, um, it's the, um, it's an educational uh, book to parents, coaches, and students, parents, student athletes, and coaches. And in regards to what we learned, what we had to learn the hard way, and I'd rather anybody learn through our book or our experience of um, what Jordan experienced, um, the signs and symptoms of heat stroke. Um, as a parent, you always ask yourself, "What did you teach a child? What could have I said? What could have? What could have Tanya and I said to prevent him from this, or you know, prevent this particular injury, or him not long, no longer being with us today? What could we have done different?" That's just what you ask as parent. There's yeah. no way, you know, pop because you feel, as however you, where you however uh, much you prepare your child, still if something was missed, you still take blame for it. Yeah. And one of the main things is, um, you know, we felt the, the desire that or the need to write a book because how many other parents out here don't know this? They know our story from yeah. the outside in, but I'd rather somebody learn from our story themselves to prevent their child from experiencing the same thing or prevent them from even feeling the same thing that yeah. they felt. Yeah. So clearly um, um, a lot of speaking engagements, a lot of public speaking. Uh, if you like for me to come to your um, child school or sports program um, or your student athletes, colleges, uh, high schools, uh, middle schools, um, the message is the same. However, it's a different delivery on the age group. Yeah. But the main thing is whenever we walk away, you know, student athletes know Signs and symptoms of heat stroke. What to do in the event if it's a heat stroke or a heat exhaustion? Yeah. And at the end of the day, this is a 100% preventable injury. And you'd be surprised that young people, the more of us that know all these things, the safer that we'll all be. 
And you know what? I really think that, you know, sports programs should take advantage of those opportunities of having, you know, like the big programs in school, like this every year you should have coaches should have a training on those important topics. Like, and I mean, you know, not to say is having, you know, sit down with your athletic director and to talk about rule changes. That's great. But for things that are important for preventing, they should automatically be a part of, a program, yep, like every program. Well, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that they aren't. However, I think sometimes the shock factor gets people's attention. Yeah. Um, and, and I think that when it hits close to home like it did for us, I think it gets people's attention then. Like, because, again, Jordan could have been anybody's son. Yeah. Anybody's son. Yeah. No racial barriers, no economic barriers, no cultural barriers. That could have been anybody's child. And, unfortunately, the 30-plus guys, student-athletes that we lost at the college level and the even more at the youth level. Yeah, yeah. You know, and like I say, anybody can, you know, succumb to this injury. We lost a cheerleader last year. We lost a, a basketball player, a female basketball player, Monty Bell. Wow. Um, we lost a couple football players. I mean, this is, unfortunately, you know, the, the, the sad part when people aren't preventative in regards to what they're doing. Um, coach, let me tell you this. I, I've trained a lot of coaches last year. And no coach maliciously says, I'm going to kill a kid. Yeah. Or kill your student athlete. They, no, no, nobody does that. Yeah. However, when they make certain decisions that are unsafe and they aren't prepared for these type of injuries, that's what it looks like. Yeah. But no coach says, hey, I'm going to kill your kid. Nobody does that. You know, but again, unfortunately, I just think that when people are uneducated and unprepared, these type of injuries or these type of fatalities happen as yeah. a result of. Yeah, and I, and I really do think a lot of us coaches really need to go to, to training to I not agree. really, you know, not necessarily think that a kid is being solved or, nope. you know, like they can push through a little bit longer. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, sometimes you got to take a second. Sometimes yeah. you got to back off. Sometimes yeah. you got to really pay attention to the to the, to the the situation. So I know you have to go, Mr. Mack, and I, you know, I'm, I'm, I like I told you, I've been smiling every since I've been here. This is I feel like, you know, this is the breakfast breakfast club, you know what I mean? And, um, you know, so tell the people, how can they reach you? Um, You can reach me at uh, um, my email address is um, uh, Jordan McNair Foundation at Gmail. Uh, My uh, website is thejordanmcnairfoundation.org. You can always go to contact us tab and see what we're doing. You can go to the news tab and see some of the things that we're doing. Um, we're always doing something, you know, um, in, in regards to saving a student athlete's life. Uh, if you need to reach out to me and call me directly, you can call me at uh, the foundation number, 443-676-7150. Uh, you can go to our uh, Facebook. <laughs> you can message me on Facebook, uh, the Jordan McNair Foundation. We're on Facebook. Um, you can go to our IG, which is Instagram. Uh, we're under the Jordan McNair Foundation. You can DM me. Uh, and last but not least, we're on Twitter, and we are the JM Foundation, uh, JMF for Capital Foundation, um, and send me a message. Yep. And I'm telling you, and I'm really hoping that someone that, you know, have will listen to this and really take advantage of, you know, just the preventative effort. You know, that one man standing here that's giving out every 
all of this information to reach out because this is important and like really take advantage of this opportunity. And I really do thank you, Mr. Mack. I'm yeah, telling you, I really, this is really cool. Yeah, um, yeah I today. It. It's been a good day. Not to sure. mention, you know, you yeah. didn't fed me like <laughs> seven plates, but right yeah, it is. So thank you for listening. Yeah. And um, this is your story. This is your yeah. dream. This is your yeah. story. So thank yeah. you. Yep. Yeah.